The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. It was assistant coach day for the Chiefs in St. Joseph, Missouri. We heard from special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy, linebackers coach Brendan Daly, defensive line coach Joe Cullen, defensive backs coach Dave Merritt, wide receivers coach Joe Bleemeyer, and assistant general manager Mike Borgonzi. We'll go in that order, starting with Dave Tobe, followed by Matt Nagy. Brendan Daly, then Joe Colon. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll hear from Dave Merritt, Joe Bleemeyer, and Mike Borgonzi. Here's special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. Hey everybody. Go ahead, fire away. No, I just I wanted to surprise him. I saw him standing there like he was hanging out. He's always hanging out at the field goal drill. So I, I just wanted to surprise him, see if throw him in there, see how he would handle it. I don't I don't think we found our backup kicker yet. But we're going we're gonna to continue, you know, because he's got a good leg. We're going to keep working it and see what he can do there. Give him a little bit more practice before we just throw him in. Dave, the last time we talked to you, you talked about some of the returners, how um, you were eager to see them in a game. What about the non-returners? Are there guys, in, uh, specific individuals you're eager to see in the game on Saturday? Yeah, I want to see all the rookies. I want to see, you know, guys like Cook. I want to see him cover. Uh, you know, Anderson, unfortunately, got hurt today. Uh, but... Um, other other safeties I want to see you know the I also want to see Watson you know uh, I want to see uh, uh, Justin Watson the wide receiver I want to see Jalen Watson uh, you know the the corners um, uh, Nazi Johnson I mean all those guys every one of those defensive guys uh, we got to sort that thing out we got to see who's going to be a player for us and who can help us on teams and you know this Bears game is going to be real important for all those guys you know I can't mention them all right now but every one of them it's, it's a real important game Death chart came out last night, and obviously Pacheco was just the first at kick returner. How much stock should we put into that? That's probably what he's going to be. The, yeah, he's going to be. We're going to we're going to start him off. Like I said last time, we're going to give him every chance to be that guy. I mean, I just think he's got all the attributes, you know, to be a good a good kick returner, and he's and he's gotten better and better at practice, and he's doing little things better, and he's catching the ball great, you know. And now we got to see what happens with live bullets when guys are coming down there to take your head off. It's a little bit different, so. We'll see how he handles it. He did some of that early in his career at Rutgers, and then they took him off. You know yeah. when they took him off? I don't know exactly when they took him off. I know he doesn't have a lot, so uh, he hasn't done it in a long time. Uh, same thing goes with Sky. You know, we're going to put Sky back there on punt return, and he hasn't gotten a lot either, you know, in college. So um, there's, there'll be a lot of firsts, you know, for the, in his game, and 
but it's all good. It's going to be fun. When Tyreek was here, eventually you guys eased him off uh, returning. Is it possible to see something similar with Hardman? Is that, would that be yeah, right? exactly. I mean, if Hardman's getting a lot of reps on offense, you know, we, we don't want him to, to run a punt returner and then have to take him out for the first down of offensive play. I mean, that's really what happens. And, you know, and now you're handicapping your offense, you know, because he just got done running a punt return. So. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we're, we're hoping that he can he can be a guy. We're also we got McDuffie now too. McDuffie's a guy. He's he's probably out of all the guys of the new players of the new guy. He's probably the best catcher. I'd call him the best punt catcher right now. The way we see it in, in camp, you know. But you know, it all everything changes when you have live bullets. So we got to see how they handle it. They have to have they have to have uh, toughness. Uh, they have to be smart. It can't be a guy that's going to block somebody in the back. An important return. And, uh, they have to be uh, aggressive. They have to have great speed, uh, toughness, great balance. You know, to to block, willingness to block. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, offensive players that aren't necessarily. They want to stick their head in there, and you know, I'm talking about the wide receivers who want to get in there and, and do the tough, dirty work. Same thing goes with DB. So we've got to find out about those guys. I mean, that's, you know, you can't really resemble that. You can't get that in these, these practices. You ask those things with players, and then you see it translate on the game in the preseason. What is that feeling like for you? Oh, it's, it's, it's a great feeling for me, but it's really good for the player. I mean, his confidence is everything. You know, so if they see themselves, they see themselves doing it against an NFL player, you know, that just, it just continues to enhance their, you know, abilities. So. All right, thanks. All right. How you doing, Pat? Good, good, good. good. Go ahead. I'm ready. I think yesterday we heard uh, the crowd chant for you to come over and sign autographs. I just wonder what that says about uh, uh, your return here and what it's, what it's felt like being here again. Yeah, no, it's very welcoming. It's... Uh, it doesn't surprise me. They're uh, they're very passionate. They love their football. We had we had some great great times here, great experiences. The last four years here of me not being here and what uh, Coach Reed, Veach, Patrick, and, and and EB and the rest of this crew have done is nothing short of amazing. And but I think um, you know we had a lot of good times up to that point, and now now I'm back, and I just I appreciate that, and uh, it means it means a lot to me. We talk about that happened four years there. Yeah. With a little bit of hindsight. Sure. How do you balance? Sure. No, I think it's it's real life experiences. I, I'll say this right now, you know, Pat. I, I wouldn't change anything um, of of you know those four years experiences. Um, I change a lot of what happened. Is wishing we won more and could have done more. Um, but I learned a lot, and that part I wouldn't I wouldn't change. Um, I think I got to be able to to be able to self reflect on where I went wrong and how I could have been better. But I built a ton of great relationships with a lot of great people, um, starting with Mrs. McCaskey, with George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Ryan Pace, um, and so many great players and coaches. Um, we, we did, you know, those will last, last forever. Those aren't going to leave, you know. Four years is gone, but it didn't end how we wanted it to. And there was disappointment, there was discouragement, but in all that said, you know, uh, I know I'm not defeated. I know those, those other players, coaches, and people aren't defeated. And so we just got to be better from it. 
on something like that? Well, I had plenty of time to do it once uh, once I got fired. Uh, you have some time, and there's the grieving process. I think that's normal, but you have to use that to be better, and you know, however that is. But when you have a circle of friends of people that are that can help you out through that process, it makes it a lot easier. So it, it's a part of it, man. This is the next journey for me, the next chapter, and um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna move on with that. Matt, we talked to you. Uh, you know, I guess a couple months ago, you've gotten back here with Patrick. Yeah. Now that you've been out here in the practice field and the meetings and all that stuff, what's different? about him how's he grown since you were with him before yeah it, it, i'll tell you what it is so neat to see his growth of where he's at and what he's done um so number one he's been through four years of a lot of a lot of wins a lot of you know whether it's the pro bowl uh you know super bowl the super bowl mvp four pro bowls etc a lot of wins when, I, when you walk into that room for the first time and you see him in a meeting room and he's sitting there having four different conversations, three of them are football, one's off to the side on something else. You see his growth, his leadership. When he's out here on the football field, it's just wild to see what type of leader he is. He's rare. And, you know, in that time that I had, a couple months after I got fired, I was able to read a book called Relentless. And it talks about, you know, being great leaders and being being somebody that can just uh, be great in the moment and, and that confidence every day in practice. That's rare. You don't come across that very much. And he makes me a better coach because of that. He makes his teammates better players. And it's just special. Well, we talk a lot about the players and playing their former teams. And, and obviously, on Saturday, you're, you're going to be going back to, to the Chicago. Yeah. Is it something where you feel like there'll be a lot of emotions? Is, are you looking forward to Sunday in a sense of just getting through it? How, how are you taking it? Yeah, so number one, what I have to do is my professional job to make sure I step back and make sure it's about we and not me. I mean that when I say that. But that's hard sometimes. And so when you get there, I'm so used to being in the, on the home side, right, home, on the home sideline, in the home locker room coming out. It's different. I don't know how I'll feel when I get out there. But um, I'm here for this team and these guys, and I built great relationships with, those people, with, with everyone there. And, but it's the preseason, too. So we're going to go out there and have some fun. Well, hey, Matt, just did, did you ever talk to Patrick about his count to 10 in Chicago that night? Did that ever come up between you guys? Um, no comment. Yeah, so the quarterback has a lot of flexibility with the toolbox that we have, um, and for him, this is a little bit new and different for him this year because he's got new wide receivers. And so I think it's pretty cool to see him walk through the process of what he sees. So when we're in meetings sometimes, uh, you know, Coach does his deal, and he's, he's, he runs the meetings, he goes through everything. But then there's also a side where he lets Patrick go through and see it from the wide receivers see it from Patrick's view. And that's, that's awesome because the wideouts see that, they connect. And Patrick's really, really good at communicating sometimes, hey, you didn't run the, the right route but here's how you should run it, but he does it without hurting her feelings. Again, a rare trait that he has, and, and it's just neat to be a part of. Harold, when it comes to Andy and Eric, you yeah. all together again, you were with them previously, what's that kind of remarriage, if you will, that has been like riding the bicycle, or is it some things you found differently about how it's No, without a doubt it is. The roles are a little bit different, obviously, with EB and myself, but 
when you when you understand like again what these guys have done together when I've been removed for four years is is rare. It's awesome. Um, Coach Reed has a culture and the way he does things, and we all follow. EB is, has been amazing at what he's done at his at his job. It's it's neat to see he's grown a lot and he's helped me out. So now we're a team. We work together. Uh, we help each other out. There's zero egos, and it's it is kind of like riding a bicycle. But at the same point in time, man, we're all in this for one reason: zero egos, and we're here to win. That's it. And so that, it makes it easy when you're here for that. Last one, Matt. Report. Matt, you said there's things that looking back, you wouldn't change a thing. We've heard up in Chicago some folks that these practices are harder or we're doing this and that. Mm-hmm. In terms of just the X's and O's, though, sure, you wouldn't change. No, I mean, there, there's a lot of when I I guess it's a broad statement when you say that. You look back and you reflect. You say, yeah, I would change change this or change that. There's different silos that I look at and I say, okay, I'd probably do something different here. And then you can get into the schematics, the X's and O's, the personnel, et cetera. Um, but at the same point in time, you learn from some of that. And you say, okay, if, if, um, you know, if I was to go back and have that opportunity, would I handle it the same way? Maybe for some instances, yes, and maybe for some, no. But um, you know, in the end, it, it, for us, um, it just didn't end how we wanted to. But that's okay. We move on and new journey. All right, thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Thanks, man. How we doing today, guys? Good. Let's let's roll. You know, you're going the How are some of the guys behind yeah, I, I feel really good about the group that we've got there. Um, Nick's done an excellent job. Um, he's continued to grow from a year ago. Has really good understanding in terms of checks, adjustments, and communication skills. Darius Harris has done a great job there as well. I would say his growth in the three years that he's been doing that has been really impressive to me. Uh, Leo has done a really nice job with some of that when he's in there. Jack Cochran has managed some of that as well. So. I feel good about the, the depth and in, in the knowledge and understanding we've got at that position, for sure. It's rattled off maybe six, seven linebackers there, and I don't know how many you're going to keep, but how difficult is this decision Well, what you just said? No, that's a great point. Um, here's what we've got in that room. We've got eight guys. They're, first of all, phenomenal human beings. They're, second of all, all really good football players. And I would say, yeah, there's great competition. Um, There's great battles going on within it. They all work well together. But, yeah, there's some difficult decisions potentially. We've got a long way to go here. We're we're still early in that process. But um, excited about the group that we've got, for sure. Why has Elijah Lee sort of stepped up as a potential starter, as a guy that yeah, he's done a nice job for us. Um, he's got a good understanding of what we're asking him to do. He's detailed. He's able to handle a couple of different roles. Um, you know, he's uh, done a nice job in coverage. He's done a nice job in run fits. So uh, he's in the mix with this thing for sure. And, and like I mentioned, I'd say there's still a lot of competition to be played out here before any decisions are made. Um, but you know, I, I thought they competed extremely well individually and collectively as a group, particularly today. When you've got a guy like Leo, who is such a downhill player, who's asked to do that a lot in college, what's the challenge in you know, teaching him passing game and learning how to be a little bit more yeah, there's some things he needs to do to improve there, you know, uh, and there's some things he needs to do in the run game to improve. Um, I would say, you know, he's played off the ball a lot more than 
on the ball. You know, so some of that line of scrimmage stuff, he's still learning and working through. Some of the coverage stuff, both man and zone, I would say probably more man. Uh, he's got a little bit more experience in zone and a little bit natural, more natural feel there. Um, but he's continuing to work hard at it and getting better every day. What do you think the ceiling is for Willie Gaynor when it comes to just league-wide tandems in the NFL? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak to everybody else's roster. You know what I mean? I think those are two really good players, and uh, I think they play well together and well off of each other, and their skill sets complement each other in many ways. So uh, that's an advantage for us. How they stack up league-wide, I don't know. I, you know. I don't have I don't have everybody else's roster on my on my mind. When you talk about those guys taking the next step, specifically, what do you think they need to work on in order to get to that next level? Well, I'd say there's a consistency element there. Um, you know, and I would say they, they both continue to strive for perfection. It's a fun thing to be around those guys because they want to be coached, they want to be right, they take uh, honestly both of them probably take the mistakes that they made too harshly and and I, i'd say that's one of the things we've talked about i thought uh, willie did a nice job of it in a situation today where there's a bad play that happens you can't live with that when you can't dwell on that when you got to find a way to flush it and move on and play the next one and not allow a bad play or a good play to affect the next play um which uh, willie had a nice instance of that today in practice and, and we're, he's an emotional guy out there and so, you know, he kind of rides that roller coaster at times. And Nick is such a perfectionist. He rides that thing at times, you know. He had one today where, you know, after the play, he's, you know, raising his hand. Yep, that's me. I screwed that one up. Um, but I love being around that. I would say, though, that at a certain point, they got to just move on and, and play the next down. From a personal standpoint, how has the position switched down for you with Joe coming in and taking your own role and you? You know, it's been really smooth, honestly. Um, you know, I, I can't say it's been perfect. I've had some bumps in the road personally. I'll speak for myself in terms of learning and, and you know, things that are new and different, um, which has been great. Um, but it's been great having Joe. Uh, he and I have known each other for a long time. We've never worked together. Um, but, the, you know, our, our relationship in terms of the, the run fits and, and some of the rush stuff that we're, we're working on together has been really good uh, from my standpoint. When you speak for me, he may have a different answer on that. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Take care. Well, I hope everybody's doing well. Appreciate everyone being out here. What a day for football out here at Chiefs training camp, and what a competitive practice it was a and uh, if you witnessed that thing, it was competitive on both sides, and that's what's always great about a Coach Reed training camp practice. The grind, the reps, but the competition is what really separates us. And uh, for some of you that don't know me, Joe Cullen, D-line coach, and with that, I'll open it up to questions. Joe, how are you seeing signs out there yet that maybe the pass rush is going to be more productive than it was last season? Yeah, I'll tell you, first of all, it's a really good group, and they're really working hard from top to bottom. But, you know, Starting with, uh, you know, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they come back in great shape. They're working through every rep, and Frank lost some weight. He's really quick off the snap. You know, Mike Dana's consistent every snap. I, I really like the way the group's going. Our rookie, George Kalaftis, is uh, doing a great job. He brings a lot of energy. He's like a sponge out there, just loves football, and he's powerful. And uh, you don't want to take a playoff on him. And we're really getting some, some good push from our interior guys.
and uh, like where we're at right now. Chris Jones is pretty vocal in, in essentially saying he really loves working with you. From your end of it, why do you think you guys quit so so easy? He did say that? Okay. <laughs> no, I just kidding. No, I tell you what, I've always liked Chris from afar. I, I really tried to get him, you know, but obviously he went earlier and uh, couldn't get him. But I love the way he's always played, and he's really just buying into just working his best that he can every day, and he's done that out here. He's, he's done a great job, consistently getting better every day, and I love working with him. He's smart, but he tries to do exactly what you're trying to teach him to do. We heard Chris so far with working with Carlos Dunlap, and he had a play out there this morning where he kind of hit Chad Henney. What, what was your message to him after that play? Well, I love the rush, but stay away from our quarterbacks. Do not go near them. So I love what we did on that rush. And Carlos is another one I, from afar when I was in Baltimore for five years watching him play and loved him when he was coming out. He brings a lot to the table. You know, those older guys, Frank Clark and uh, Carlos and Chris and the Mike Danas that have been around a little bit, they're really helping George out, but they're, they're also helping out the younger guys. And Carlos is a 96 career sack guy. And, and, uh, you know, we, we love the addition of Carlos. What are your expectations for him, Joe? Carlos, hey, just compete to, to be the best that he can be and uh, help out our defensive line and work his way into the rotation and uh, love what he's doing so far. So the reputation, like, the, the, the help, mentorship, I should say, with Frank Clark and George Karloffis, how do you see that from afar and, like, how Frank's helping George and his progression as, as a rookie coming up? Well, that started from the first day. Really, Frank just... You know, he, he knows the defense, he's been around, and, you know, he's he doing a great job, not only in the classroom, but also out here. You see him on the side talking to George when he comes off the field. Hey, this is what you could have did better. Or, hey, work on your get-off, you missed with your hands. He's doing a great job mentoring. And it's not always like that. I'll be honest with you, you know, I've been around a lot of guys where it is like that. I've, I've had Terrell Suggs before, you know, Corey Redden and Sean Rogers where they did that. But some guys, you, know, you get a first-round pick. You know, they don't want to tell them anything, but our guys are doing a phenomenal job with that. Good. You mentioned earlier this offseason that you expect a career year from Chris Jones. I just wonder, what leads you to say that, and what are you wanting to get out of him for such a season? Well, our first goal always here is to hoist that Lombardi Trophy, win the Lombardi Trophy. And for us to get there and get the opportunity to do that, he has to have a career year. And that means not only in the, in the stats of sacking the quarterback, but knocking the run out. You know, and that's something that we've stressed with him, you know, him having his best year, and not only him, but all of us in the room and myself as a coach and us as coaches, and that's what we're trying to get with Chris, and he's really working towards that. Coach, you mentioned that it's not always like that with a veteran trying to help a younger guy. Is that more about Frank, or is it about the culture here? I, mean, where is I think it starts from? with the culture. Uh, you know, when I was in Baltimore, the culture was really this culture, because Coach Harbaugh worked under Coach Reed for nine, ten years. Uh, but it's more the culture, and I think, you know, I think some guys, you know, they're fighting for a spot maybe and, and don't want the rookie to take theirs, but it's, it's just it's not always like that. Thanks, everyone. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. What's up, How do you look to you after all this time, and how do you, how do you ease him into this competition you got going on at cornerback? Well, yeah, first of all, to have him out there is big for us all, um, to see him go through the rehab and be able to um, have a chance to come back and be with his brothers on the field is big. And so the thing that we're going to do is take him through the individual, 
and then he'll get a couple of the one-on-ones, and then after that, we'll continue to just matriculate him into all the other um, kids. And so it's, it's great having him back, and he's been great in the classroom for us. What's it like with all the young players that you get to work with this year? It's more than normal, right? Yeah, it's like Christmas. It's, 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 it's like Christmas. I've never, this is my 26th year in the league, and I've never been around a group where it's, I call them the Fab Five. And most of them weren't even born then. I said, but, you know, we drafted five guys. And I said, you guys need to understand that this group is very special. So to be able to have the guys that come in and have the camaraderie that they've had and be able to have the, the love for one another has been great. But it's like Christmas. I mean, you're working with the guys. You're trying to teach them new techniques. They're all sponges. So it's been wonderful. When you, Steve Spagnuolo showed a tendency to, to, at the beginning of seasons, trust more veterans. Obviously, this year you're going to have to really right. trust a lot of running have, right. have you had talks like that about, in a way, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable in that sense? No, I haven't. Not with the young guys at all. So the young guys, what I want them to do is just look at it as football. And so what's the call, what's the technique that we're asking you to play and go out and execute that technique to the best of your ability. I don't get into the veterans, uh, young guy thing because all of a sudden you may start thinking that you're less than. And I don't want the young guys to think that they're less than anyone else that's out there on the field. And so I just make sure that I teach them the techniques, what it is that I'm looking for out of this particular call. and. Let them go out there and just do the best they can. How do you sense Trent developing himself? Trent has done a great job. Trent has um, competed with the ones the entire time. He's very comfortable um, out there at the corner spot as well as the nickel. And so the thing is that now we have a guy who can actually do dual role swords, just like LJ and so. But he's very patient at the line of scrimmage and done a great job. How great have you learned from Brian Cook so far? Um, Brian Cook, uh, what I've seen about with this young man is the fact that he has taken the leadership role of the young class that's coming in. Um, Cook is the one, he's the energized bunny. You see him on the sideline, he's the one over there dancing to the music and everything. And so he has taken a leadership role, which is what we thought that he was going to become, and he's already doing it for us. How, how important will the preseason games be to these rookies to get them assimilated, see what they can really do? Very important. I remember back when I was a rookie in Miami, you know, you know, Don Shula at the time, you go out there, you throw rookies out there to see how well they're going to fare versus the big guys. And so the fact that we have these games that are coming up. I know it's three, not four. It's very important for the rookies to be able to get in there and get their feet wet. They're all nervous right now. I told them yesterday, I said, hydrate and understand that you're going to be playing on defense as well as special teams. So don't look for any breaks. All right? So make sure you stretch and hydrate. That's awesome. That dynamic you mentioned that you guys are about the younger guys. Usually, past couple years, we had those younger guys. And Tyron Rocher was one of those guys yeah. who would help out. That dynamic change with that yeah, so without a veteran in the room at the corner position that has a number of years that like a Tyron had, you know, we have looked towards guys such as LJ Sneed and the Fenton, the guys that have been here. Although they've only been in the league for three and four years, but you look at Rashad Fenton, I mean, his leadership role is going to be big for us. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's been to, you know, AFC Championship game. He's played in those big games. And so and he has talked to these guys about staying focused, technique, worry eyes. And so it's been big for those two veterans that are at the cornerback position to be able to help these young guys come along. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, Thank so. you. What have you learned about Skye? Uh, Skye's come in, and he wants to be perfect. He wants to take every rep, learn from it, 
see the whole picture. That's been really great. There's just so much on his plate. He could start swimming in all the different things that are going on, and he wants to stay right up on top of it. And he's the first one to come over and ask and then give hypotheticals about a different situation. So he's just seeing the big picture, not just you know the, the specific route or the rep that he took, which has been good to see. How difficult is it for a rookie to get involved in this offense at the level that you guys are going to expect? Yeah, it can be. Um, everybody's different. His approach, I think, uh, it's helped having some other new faces in our room. And whereas some rookies might use it as an excuse, it's my first year in the NFL, this is a lot of stuff to learn, and they crutch on that. He's seen all the other guys come in, they're learning our offense for the first time, and there's no excuses for them. We expect the veteran guys who we brought in to know everything, and they're learning it as well. And so Sky has taken that approach, like, hey, if they're knowing everything, and it's the first time they're hearing it, then I should too. And so just kind of being in that environment and taking that approach, that professional approach, where here's what's expected, and it's not too much to handle, has been um, served him well so far. Beyond Travis, it looks like Juju's really established himself as a go-to guy for Pat. What have you seen in, in their growth? What have you learned about Juju since getting to work with him now for the offseason? Yeah, Juju, uh, he comes to work. His personality is infectious. I mean, he's great to be around. He works hard. He's a great player. He's just got a natural feel. It's very similar to Trav. Uh, he just knows the game and the passing game. His, his style of route running, it gets him open. And the quarterbacks see it, and they put it on him, and he makes a catch. And so that's what we've been seeing. That's what we expected. And you can see both through our practices the feel he has for the game and then just the personality around his teammates in the locker room, how likable and enjoyable he is to be around. Just all helps with that chemistry. Joe, what would you say the sense of Matt Nagy's return has been in helping you guys have cohesion and all those? Yeah, I think it, it does help. We know we know each other. Matt can ask questions, or Coach Knight can ask questions about what we've changed uh, since he's been gone and why. So then we can go back to the fundamentals or the foundation of what we are doing, talk about the progressions that we've gone to. And then really, we can revisit whether it's still valid this year going forward. Should we go back to the things we've done before, keep where we've progressed? Are all the same assumptions that we've made holding true at this point in time? So it's been a good discussion and dialogue, having him know the foundation of where he left and where we are now. Now, and then kind of just bridge where we want to go. Yeah, I'd say it's a great audit because it's an outside pair of eyes, but yet he has an understanding of where it came from. And so then it forces us and forces uh, all the coaches to say, here's why we did this, and then is that why still applicable today? Yes or no? How has Mark Nisbell been standing for, for you guys, right? And you get a lot of change in the wide receiving group. How has he been in practice, and what do you see from that? Yeah, MBS. Uh, I said it earlier, true professional. He's a perfectionist. He comes out. He knows exactly what he's got. Uh, he wants to be perfect on every single rep. Uh, he, he is exactly where he needs to be, where he needs to be. And we're taking a ton of reps all through these camps and sometimes not putting all the guys in the most optimal position to win. And he's just fighting right through that, getting to where he needs to be, and making all his routes as best they can be. How's it going? Good to see everybody. It's great to be back up at training camp here. Uh, you know, the energy's been high. I think the competition's been great so far. Um, this is my 14th training camp that I've had the privilege to be a part of with the Chiefs. I was part of the original team that came up here in 2010, so it's always great to come up here to Missouri Western. The entire city of St. Joe's are just doing an outstanding job over here hosting us. Um, 
So where our roster is right now, we've added 50 new players to the roster since the end of last season, active guys. Whether that be through reserve future signings, unrestricted free agents, draft, trades, waiver claims. Uh, so every, every year, every team is different. So I think Coach stresses, you know, coming up here and building that team camaraderie. Uh, especially for the new guys to get acclimated to the way we practice, to the way we, uh, you know, our culture. Um, and that's also an important time for our personnel department. So we're out here every day watching practice. Uh, after practice, we're, you know, in there watching tape multiple times to really hone in on different position groups and players. At night, we're meeting with the coaches uh, to get their input and their rankings on the, on the players. You know, how are they doing in the meeting rooms? How are they picking up the playbook? Are the new guys getting acclimated to our culture? Um, and so then once this weekend starts, really, we begin the process of evaluating the other 31 rosters in the league. So that's an important time for us. So it's not just the, you know, 14 wide receivers that we have in camp here. It's the 400 league-wide that we're going to get our eyes on. Um, so it's a lot of work. Our pro department does a great job, headed up by Tim Terry, um, and bringing up those players to, you know, Veach, myself, Mike Bradway, you know, to find value. We're never going to stop trying to add to this roster. Um, you know, when you get up to the training camp, the draft is over. There's a few different ways. It's through street free agency. Asara signed Carlos Dunlap uh, last week. Um, and then through the waiver claim process that happens here after the cutdown day is a big time for us. And then you've also seen us make some small trades at, during the preseason, whether it's player for player or conditional picks. I think back in 2018, that's how we were able to acquire Traverius Ward in a trade with Dallas for a player for player. So we're always looking for different ways to add players, to add competition to the group throughout training camp. Um, you know, it's just all part of the process here as we try to get down to the best 53 players, best 16-man practice squad as we head into week one. Um, excited about this weekend. Another great opportunity for these guys to come out and showcase what they can do and compete. And then, uh, you know, great opportunity for us to kind of evaluate them in game-like conditions now. So, yeah, so with that, I'll open it up. Mike, when you look at this year's group of draft picks, you feel like there's maybe one quality that they all share, that, or at least most of the guys share? Is there kind of one thing you might, one yeah. word or quality you might use to sum up this year's group? So there's a lot of traits we look for for the draft. Um, and it, it sounds simple, but do they love football? Do they love the process? Do they love the grind? And you see these rookies pushing through practice. I, I don't know if we've had a rookie mispractice yet. Um... You know, they just they love the game. They love meeting. They want to get better. They're constantly doing that. So when we're going through that evaluation phase during the draft in our college, guys do a great job of really vetting their personal character and their football character. You know, it's do they love the game? You know, are they smart? Are they tough? Are they dependable? Are they going to be good in the community? So those are the things we've really tried to emphasize, emphasize over the last couple of years. You guys go and take five defensive backs from just half the class, which is somewhat unique. Yeah. Um, how much of that strategy was, okay, let's get quantity here? I know you guys obviously like the colleges, but, yeah. but you're saying, okay, we're going to draft a lot of these guys and sort of see what sticks in the sense. Yeah, you know, I think every year you, you lose some players, right? So we lost your various. Um, and there's that window of two or three years where you have guys under contract, and there's going to be a new influx of players. Um, you know, last year was more the offensive line. This year was the, you know, defensive back. So, yeah, we made it a priority to, to, to get a lot of guys in here to, to up the competition. Um, and these guys are out here learning every day, um, and, and these rookies have been great. You know, they're going to have their ups and downs, uh, but they've been fighting through it. They're very coachable, which is a good thing. Um, and so, you know, so far, so great. And we're early in the process. We, you know, we obviously have no whole evaluation here with the preseason games, but it's been good so far. For you professionally, you, you go back to the time when you first arrived here, going back to 2010, from John Dorsey to Scott Pioli to even Brett Beach. What would you say are some of the biggest takeaways 
that you've learned from those three general managers yeah. as you try to set yourself up for success somewhere down the road? So I've been fortunate enough to, to learn from some great people in this business. It's been the three general managers that I've worked under. Uh, Scott hired me here in 2009. Um, you know, I was able to learn from him, you know, the New England scale and how they evaluated players and their philosophy that he had with Coach Belichick. And then John comes in here and it's a whole different whole different ball game, whole different way of evaluating guys, different grade skill, different philosophy, different meeting process. Um, and that's that was deeply rooted in Ron Wolf's. Uh, so they had two, so two organizations that had a lot of success. And then, you know, with Veach, um, you know, he's put his own spin on things and every GM, every leader is different um, in their philosophies. And uh, you know, I have a special relationship with Veach because we worked, you know, with each other for so long before he became general manager. So, you know, I would say the one thing I've, I've learned from Veach is, you know, his ability to connect with everybody in the organization, uh, collaboration, you know, from Clark to Andy to Mark uh, to myself to Rick to Ted. And, you know, just being in that environment um, and just everybody pulling in the right direction, I think has been a real key to our success there. I wanted to just along those lines, Mike. I mean, you played different roles with them. Yeah. Teaches those administrations. How much do you yeah, well, I mean, you know, 14 seasons, so I, I think we've I've started out on the college side and had a lot of different roles. I was actually the first year we had training camp up here. I was doing operations at Mitch Reynolds' job, plus the pro scouting duties. Um, so yeah, I'm very fortunate to, to be exposed to all that stuff. The, the guys who hired me allowed me to grow, and so I think that's the biggest thing. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of different, worn a different lot of hats, I guess, in the organization. Uh, whether that's college and pro or, or doing operations, you just kind of see how the, all the moving pieces in the organization come together. So, just been really fortunate that way. I cover the Bears, so I'm contractually obligated to ask you about Ryan Pinnacks. So, I go way back with yeah. Ryan. So, we, we started out when I first started working at Boston College, he was actually a player on the team. Um, so, I, you know, I loved Ryan, the player, and then, you know, when he got done with the Bears. Uh, we had a spot open for a GA job, so we hired him in the recruiting office there. And uh, you know, we've we've had a special relationship over the years. Um, we first moved out here, and I was I was living in a in an apartment with him and his wife. I don't know how much they appreciated that, but the money was tight then, and I appreciate that. Um, and Ryan's going to do a great job there. You know, we, we're we're really close friends, you know, close with the family, close with Katie and his kids. And just uh, couldn't be more happy that he's out there. The thing with Ryan, he's calm and steady. So he's, he's going to make the right decisions. He's going to take in the information. He's going to be patient. And I'm sure things will work out there for him. Your name tends to come up a lot as the season ends. That's a hot name to watch uh, for a potential general manager spot. How much do you pay attention to that? And, and do you feel you are ready for that next step? Um, I do see it, yeah. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have the job that I have here now, so it's you want to stay focused on the job at hand. I do have aspirations to become a general manager one day, um, and I think when the time is right, it'll, it'll, it'll come. A couple more. Do you get to talk to players, whether it's here in training camp or during the regular season? How do you try to navigate the message that is somewhat aligned with what the coaches are saying, but obviously from the front office's perspective? Yeah, so... I think it's a great job, a great thing that we have so much communication with the coaches. We, we meet with them every night, so we're all on the same page and how they're doing in the meeting rooms and how they're doing at practice. Of course, we have discussions about it. Um, but, yeah, you have to keep those relationships with the players. And, and, you know, as the season goes on and they're in their office all the time, I, I get you know closer to some of these guys. Um, but we do such a good job of being on the same page with the coaching staff 
and the personnel staff, it, it's the same message. Last one, Tom. You guys have been here a long time, obviously, through a lot of different levels of rosters that were some of old rosters or maybe not so much, right? Yep. How many really good football players are you guys going to cut and still play in this league? Is this about as deep as you have? Yeah, I'd say that the competition has been great in every position group. So there's going to be some players here that we're going to have to move on from, just just numbers-wise, that uh, they're going to be playing for some other teams. So you know, I credit to the you know, the whole personnel department uh, for for really getting the competition in here high. You've got some late round draft picks that are at least for now competing yeah. for some playing time. Mm -hmm. Did you have an idea that guys like uh, Josh Williams and uh, Pacheco and maybe even Jalen Watson yes. would be kind of competing this far into camp for, for some meaningful time? So when you're when you're drafting LA, you're looking for for traits, and I think they all had those kind of traits. Um, you know, Watson's a bigger corner. You know, Isaiah's a bigger back that could run. Uh, even Nazi. Is a guy that ran a four-three-five coming out, so they have these traits. And then when you're looking for those traits, okay, w w what's the characteristics that's going to make them work? And they and they all kind of had that. They, they were all you know trying to get better every year in college, and we've seen some of them at all-star games that got better through the week. Uh, so we did have high hopes for them coming in, but you don't know until until they get on the field. Thanks, everyone. My brother? Yeah. Yeah, we already began. Yeah. <laughs> Good seeing you, man. Yeah, thanks, guys.